you've been listening to my podcast, you know that I am adding a Foley sound for you to try to guess. Here's the Foley sound for today. Welcome to Look Out for Joy. This is Adria Wilkins. I'm so glad that you've joined today. I want us to talk about expressing our thoughts to God. But before we dive into that, I want to ask you a question. If your thoughts were on display like a computer screen on your forehead, what would it say? What would people read? Would you be embarrassed? (laughs) Would they laugh? What would be their response if they saw all of your thoughts that you were thinking at that moment, maybe in response to the company you're with and who is saying what? I think if we would view life like that, maybe we would be a little more cautious about what goes through our minds and what kind of things we express in our minds. One of my favorite books of the Bible to read, um, just for an uplifting moment of encouragement, maybe in the afternoons when I kind of get that little slump, is the book of Psalms. You know, Psalms was written by many different authors. Each author, they were going through different seasons in their life. Some authors express sadness, joyfulness, hurt, pain, praise, thanksgiving, calls for help or lament, and prayers of petition. One thing that I recently did, which I found it very effective, and I wanted to share it with you and maybe give you a little bit of um, a new way to read Psalms. What I did is I took Psalms 145, and as I was reading it, I thought to myself, I ought to write down a response to what I'm just now reading after each sentence, and this was a great Psalms to do it with, Psalms 145. That's what we're going to be reading and talking about, and I want to share with you what I did, and I want to see if you all might incorporate this into maybe a quiet time, short devotional time that you have and see how effective it is. So we're going to start with verse one. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Can you imagine praising God's name forever and ever? We can start now. Those are just some comments that you could add, some thoughts that you can ponder. Verse two, every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. That verse was very similar to verse one. The main difference is they have the word extol instead of exalt. Stop and think about that for another moment. What if we spend our days praising him here on earth and extolling his name? 
every day that we still have here on earth, and then it will continue in heaven. What would our day look like? How different would our day look? Verse three, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness, no one can fathom. So here's my question and thought. We have no idea how great God really is. What are some things that you would say about God that are great? Think about that for a minute. For yourself, what are some things that you would say that make God great? Here's just a few that I listed. He's the great creator. He's rich in love, care, kindness, joy, compassion, listener, healer, artist, thinker, gracious provider. And as I continued to read through Psalms 145, I picked up on some of these other words. And so as you're working through this Psalm, you may find that, oh, I want to add this back up in with verse three of a comment that I made. And that's what I found that I did. And so what's really great is that you're really dwelling and thinking about what you're reading instead of just reading it. One more comment about verse three, our minds cannot even comprehend his superb greatness. It would overwhelm us if we really knew how great he is. Verse four, one generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. So I stopped and thought about that for a minute. And I said, hmm, are we a generation that tells other generations about what God is doing and has done in our lives? As verse four says, one generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. If we stop and think about that for a minute, are we being that generation that tells others about God? Verse five, they speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. Here's the question. Do we meditate on his wonderful works? Do we stop and take a few moments and think about how wonderful he really is. Meditate means to think deeply or focus one's mind for a period of time. How much time are you focusing on God's wonderful works? Verse six, they tell of the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. I ask myself, are we telling of his great deeds? Are we sharing stories with other people about how God has worked in our lives, how God has helped us during times of difficulty, how God has brought joy into our lives? Are we telling other people or are we just keeping our stories to ourselves? Verse seven, they celebrate your abundant goodness. Are we willing to celebrate 
his goodness? Are we willing to be like the people that go to concerts and ball games and yell at the top of their lungs for God? Are we willing to celebrate at that great extent? They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Are we singing about how righteous God is? Do you stop and hum a tune of gratitude for how righteous God is? Verse eight, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. Thank you for caring for me when I am down. These are my comments. Thank you for providing the things that we need just at the right time. Thank you for providing the mental help that I need with maybe just a phone call or an email from somebody to lift my spirits. Verse nine, the Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. God made us. Genesis tells us that. He has been protecting us from day one when he created Adam and Eve. I facilitate a Bible study with four ladies, and we were discussing Genesis 3, where the serpent tempts Eve. I actually learned some things that uh, during that study that I'd never heard before. As we did some digging into the scripture, we often focus on the serpent or the fruit eaten or who tricked who. But one thing I've learned in Genesis 3.24, it says, after he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. I've never really paid attention to this verse, and I asked my husband about the meaning. And he said that because Adam and Eve sinned against God, if they had eaten that tree of life, they would eternally be living a sinful life. God was protecting them and us from the very beginning of time. God loves us and only wants the best for us, but sometimes we don't make the best choices, but God intervened and he protected that tree of life so that Adam and Eve would not eat and live in their sin for eternity. That's why it's important to stay close to God and focus on his word, allowing his word to soak into our hearts and minds. Now, you might be a tea drinker, a coffee drinker. The longer that a tea bag stays in the water, seeps, it gets stronger. So the longer that we spend in God's word or talking with him, we will be stronger. And so we're going to work through the rest of these verses. Verse 10, all your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol thee. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. Have you ever thought for a few moments about what eternity looks like 
or what that might even feel like, it actually will kind of blow your mind (laughs) when that happens, because it's really hard to even grasp what eternity means. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. Here is what I love about God. He keeps his promises. He's faithful in all he does. Do you like it when people break their promises to you? Such as they don't show up for a meeting or they tell you they're going to do something and they don't. It's frustrating and discouraging. But God, he is trustworthy and he will never let us down. Verse 14, the Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. You know, no matter what we have been through, he is still there. He's right beside us. Even when we mess up or get down, he wants us to worship him and follow his commands. But if we make a mistake, he will lift us up. That right there is enough hope to get through the day right there. Verse 15, the eyes of all who look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. When was the last time that you took a few minutes and focused totally on what and who God is in your life? You can even pause right now, this podcast episode, and take a few moments and totally focus on God and who he is in your life. What has he done for you? Name those few things. Verse 16, you open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. So I wrote, he is the provider and sustainer. Verse 17, the Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. There might be times that we're waiting for an answer and we wonder, why aren't we getting the answer? His ways are righteous and he knows exactly what we need at just the right time. Try to be patient and wait because he's going to show us. He's going to guide us. He will direct us in our ways. Verse 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. You know, he listens. He's attentive when we talk to him and pray. One thing I thought that was interesting, that it says, all who call on him in truth. Hmm. What does that mean? Call on him in truth. Maybe when we talk to him and ask him for something, we need to say, hmm, is this something truly that I need? Or is this a truth that God will accept, acknowledge, or are we trying to do something that is totally out of his plan and will? What is the truth about the situation? Call on him and ask him in truth. Verse 19, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him and he hears their cries and saves them. You know, God only wants the best for us. Verse 20, the Lord watches over all who love him. 
but all the wicked he will destroy. He is watchful and he protects us every day. And many times we don't even realize how he has protected us. Verse 21, my mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Do we continue to speak in praise of the Lord? Do we share the good news, the good things, the joyful things, and the praise for the Lord, even during difficult things? Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Isaiah 55, 12 says, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap. The trees clap their hands and the birds are singing for joy. Shouldn't we be doing the same? Here's my challenge for you today. Pick a psalm, maybe even Psalm 145, like I did. Make some notes after each sentence. Respond to what is being said there. Ask yourself questions. I would love for you to let me know what psalm you have read and written some notes about. I would love to see if you have a favorite psalm that you like to do that with. See how many different words and notes and comments that you can come up with as you read through the passage. Please email me or send your notes and comments about this passage that you have meditated on and make sure that you are filling your mind with beautiful and wonderful and truthful and righteous things so that when we do express things to other people, that those beautiful and pure and joyful things come out. And if they are displayed across our forehead on a computer board, hopefully we would inspire and encourage other people instead of saying negative things. Y'all be on the lookout for joy 